Hey everyone, welcome back to the Daily Dose of A. I'm your host, Ananya Chortia, and as promised, I'm here with Mansoor Khan again. Uh, thank you all for the love on the previous episode, and I would like to congratulate him on the launch of his new book. So this episode, we're going to be talking about really interesting stuff about his new book. This has been his baby for the last 20 years. So we're going to talk about the behind the scenes, how he created his characters, how an author can deal with criticism and just some stories about his life as an author. Great. So first of all, I am absolutely thrilled that I am able to be on social media and thanks to Ananya uh, because social media is a new platform and this book means a lot to me. A lot meaning it is actually, it, it's more important than anything that I have done. So I'd love to share my thoughts. So over to you, Ananya. Uh, tell me a little bit about um, your book. A little bit about, like, what is the book about? So, see, the book is about something. And then I'll later tell you how I came to this, yeah. to writing the book. But the book is about something that, strangely, Nobody, not nobody, but, you know, the whole mainstream is not even aware of, you know, and that compelled me to write this book. So, for instance, if I was to ask you, and you know well that the the earth is in trouble, you know, uh, all our forests, rivers, you know, what is called ecological damage, all this is happening. Our economics is in trouble. And so I ask you the question, who is killing the earth? Yeah. So I would have answered humans. Exactly. So almost 100% of the people I've asked, and I would ask you too, what is your answer? And if you, if you're honest and if you, search in your mind, you'll say, oh, it's humans. Yeah. Because that is what the whole media and even intellectuals and experts and scientists and, you know, whoever. But it is the biggest lie. Humans are not doing it. So I'll give you a moment to pause and think, who do you think is doing it? So obviously you're puzzled. So what if I was to tell you that humans is simply a species. Within humans, there are 5,000 cultures. Now, wouldn't you agree with me that the Native Americans, Eskimos, Yanomamo, Adivasis, San, you know, all these cultures that we call primitive cultures, they are not doing the things that destroy the planet. Do they have factories that uh, pump out smoke? Do they have internet that requires so many resources? Do they follow our economic pattern of perpetual growth? So obviously that is not true. And the answer is civilization. So we have been led to believe that humans and civilization are the same thing. Humans are all finally trying to become civilization or civilized. That is the biggest lie. Because right now there are 5,000 cultures that don't want to get civilized. And that's why when we go to, uh, when we look for a lovely place, 
we go to these untouched places, these tribal villages, these, you know, because they knew how to deal with nature and their outlook is totally different. So the question is about outlook and perspective. So in my book, I make the reader aware how different the perspective, and by perspective, I mean culture. We normally think culture is art, literature, poetry, music, drama, theater. You know, yeah, that is part of art. Uh, sorry, that is a part of culture. But culture is not only art and how fine you think. Even a frog has a culture. Culture is only your outlook to reality. Mm. So my main subject is reality and how you deal with Right. So you said that you've based this book on reality, but you've written it in a fiction style. So um, how did you strike that balance between, you know, focusing on the plot as well as conveying what you were thinking about? Good question. So that is exactly why it took me 20 years to write this book. Because 20 years back, I was writing because even I thought like, oh, this is a non-fiction subject. So even I was writing it as a non-fiction book. When I, used to, when I used to talk to people around me and, you know, I was in a very crazy state of mind at that point. I mean, you would have called me mad at that point. So when I would share these thoughts and they couldn't see it or they would disagree or very strongly, I got the feeling one day that either I am mad or all these guys are mad. Yeah. And from that arose the idea of insanity and perspective. And I came up with this, just on in one day, I came up with these two characters who are partly insane, who meet in a park. And within that one day, the first time, I'm being honest, because a lot of people talk about writing. They say, oh God, I have the writer's block and this and that. But when I sat at the laptop, my fingers were moving as if by magic. And I wrote the first 11 chapters of, of this fictional book with these two characters in one day. Wow, that's really impressive. So it's it's something that I'm not taking credit for. I'm saying that's what, you know, I, I truly believe that this, this uh, whole scheme of things decides what happens. And in those chapters have not changed over 20 years. So I had to fill in the other chapters, reach the climax and conclusion, because that's what all the storytelling is all about. But I definitely think that converting, because you're saying that your ideas were really like, it was very concrete in your head, but it was very hard for you to explain it. So the fact that you converted into a fictional story, I feel like will convey that idea way better to the to the audience. Well, I think so. I mean, I hope so. Yeah. But the main thing is that um, the problem, I'll tell you whether it's a fiction book or a non-fiction book. The problem is that there are no bad guys or good guys in my book. Uh, you spoke about your two characters who are partly insane. So did you go through like character development? How did you come to the idea that these are your characters? Those characters sprang out of me. Okay. Because both of them are parts of me. Okay. You know, so the girl and the boy... I mean, this is not a romantic story. Uh, sorry to, to disappoint you. <laughs> but uh, this girl and a much older man, they were two aspects of my journey 
and myself. Okay. So it obviously had to come out that way because I went through the journey of the guy first and the realization and I went through the journey of the girl next and then I joined the two, you know. So I didn't have to think. Wow. I didn't say, okay, what should I make this guy like, you know. I did think, but I said, but I knew where I want to take him. Yes. So it was helpful that it was part of it. So that's what it is. It, yeah. it, it is something I have experienced. Yeah. I can't speak about something that, you know, I'm not experienced or somebody else has talked to me about. Right. Right. So what was that one moment that made you realize you want to write this book? Well, uh, when I wrote the first 11 chapters that that one day, those 11 segments or whatever, very short. Uh, I realized that, hey, this can be put in a fictional format. Yeah. But there's a hell of a difference between getting an egg and finally making pudding or whatever out of it. You know, between the, the cup and the lip as they yeah. say. So I was convinced that these two characters are the correct characters I've chosen. But at the same time, characters don't make plot. Mm. And plot doesn't make screenplay. Or uh, rather, narrative. So, you know, it's, it's it, these are classical things. Yeah. But I was convinced. So, my whole uh, uh, striving was that I should figure that out. Mm. But let me tell you one thing. When I say 20 years, actually I had figured out many things within 6-7 years and then after that. But yet I was not Confident enough to get back to writing this book. Um, so, what are like some behind the sto- scene stories that you can share with uh, the listeners or any kind of like writing rituals that you had while writing the book? What was the process like of writing the book, basically? So, yeah, specifically about this book, um, because my awakening happened. So, yeah, so that's where I can give you the backstory. I was in IIT, science, technology, Cornell, MIT, hardcore person, which is the person I'm completely, uh, not only the person, but the outlook, I'm completely contesting in this book. But I was that. In 1997, actually before that, I always wanted to leave the city. Yeah. I'm not an urban person. Now, there was no ideology, there was no clarity of thought. It was just that I don't want to stay in the city. I want to stay somewhere and I was into sailing and it should be near the sea. So, it was as simple or selfish as that. But in 97, the land, my dreamland outside Bombay, in Mandwa, near the sea, the best property in Mandwa, I don't believe in, you know, best and all, but It was fabulous. And I suddenly realized in 1997, January, that that land, and not only that land, but 45 square kilometers of land, 14 villages, 30,000 villagers, is going to be acquired by the government for the second international airport for Mumbai. Now, this is our common belief that, you know, something, if if you are doing something for the common good, this is called the common good, with the British brought in and, you know, what do you mean by common good, you know, and all that. But I didn't know. 
So that started my journey into questioning. What do you mean by development? What do you mean by common good? What do you mean by acquisition? What do you mean by displacement? What do you mean by rehabilitation? You know, social issues. What do you mean by what impact is that going to have on the environment? You know, so it started a journey which my uh, education and my specific, uh, you know, uh, background or whatever had not prepared me for. Amazing. So um, you were telling me about how when you first presented your idea to many people, they thought that you were mad. So how did you kind of get through this hump of doubting yourself and getting to actually writing this book and believing that your perspective is also real? This is also a very good question. See, first of all, uh, uh, all the people that I spoke to, many of them, I don't know how many, you know, plus or minus 50%, but whatever. But some people did connect with it. Mm. But I was surprised that uh, most people, and and the the people who connect with it are already convinced. Mm. So I'm not bothered about them. I'm concerned with the people who... So when I faced that, I said, oh shit, I have to... uh, I didn't know what to do. Actually, I was in a very low emotional and psychological phase. Mm. Very deeply depressed. But if I can convey it to you in such a way that you realize that, you know, so it was a provocation. And, mm. and there's a side of me too, uh, which is a writer. Mm. I'm not a filmmaker. Yeah. But I'm a writer. So I said, okay, let's take this up as a challenge. Amazing. So you just took it up as a challenge. And Absolutely. Because for me, it was now, okay, I stopped talking to people at parties and this and that. And I see if I can write it. So you spoke about how your book includes you as a character. Are there any other real life people that you've involved in this book or real life events that you've taken inspiration from in this book? Yeah. So, uh, as you said, I am these two characters, the yeah. two central characters, two parts of me. And there are maybe two or three, two characters, two other characters that I don't want to mention. And I've changed their names. But since I'm in, the the book is a fiction, but within the fiction, I've conveyed a plot. So, a thought, sorry. So, it's a thought within a plot. So, two characters who, and all the the, uh, historical events in the book are true. Okay. And the information I've given about it is true. Only thing is that we don't mention true things because you'll get sued. Yeah. You'll be thrown into jail. So, I had to change the character's name but there are two characters from real life. Wow. Amazing. That's really interesting. So, um, has there been any like story of some challenging publication experience that you had? Some experiences with your publication? Well, I've only written and published one book which I self-published. It was a huge challenge because no publisher wanted to take it. So I, thankfully, I had the resources. I I, I was a publisher. I printed it. But I was also grateful that, you know, you need an author, publisher, distributor and retailer. Yeah. So I was the author and the publisher but I needed a, a distributor. And, and, uh, and I would like to mention here, I'm very grateful to uh, Abizar, who was handling uh, India Book House at that time, that he gave me the time and he heard me. Because he, uh, their distributor does the logistics. 
I don't have the list of 5,000 bookshops around India. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was a thing, but luck was on my side. You know, many things are a question of fate. Now, sadly, for this book, India Book House is no more there. Hmm. Otherwise, I might have published my them. Yeah. Because then, but then I said, okay, let me, now, since I don't have this option, I went through Meeta Kapoor, who's my literary agent from CIE in um, Jaipur. Okay. And I just sent the book to her. And she, so then I called her and said, yeah, sure, and we spoke. And, I, and she got me half. The long story short, because there's a whole awakening in this also, Harper not only was interested. So, um, in terms of you've already published a book before. So, hmm. have you ever like gone back and read the reviews? I'm sure like there's positive and negative uh, feedback on any kind of book, right? So, how do you deal with the negative and take the positive and improve? Well, used like that for this. See, book? first of all, before I wrote my first book, I gave about 300 lectures okay. all over India. So, I was well prepared for the kind of response. Hmm. In fact, that helped me to write the book. Right. Because the normal six questions that people ask me, I could answer in the book. Hmm. So I was already prepared. Okay. And when the book released, I got, I got very good responses. There's the occasional person, you know. Uh, but it, it, I felt like, oh, overall it has connected. And the big proof for it was I physically sold uh, 6,500 copies. Amazing. For a personal uh, yeah. thing and you know with no marketing and now it's published in French wow okay. the French were interested okay and they translated you know so I really believe in and you will when you read this book you'll really understand Abhay's character okay he says this is it and I'm floating it hmm. I'm floating a seed now it's up to where the seed goes goes so don't be too attached to the outcome. Not attached. That's control. Hmm. That is what civilization is. Yeah. <laughs> we say what grows here and when. Nature decides that. Yeah. Amazing. So uh, in terms of you shared your journey last time hmm. about how you left Bombay, you were never a city guy and you mm-hmm. came here and you started writing your book. Hmm. And I'm sure you heard many people say that this is a stupid decision or whatever. So how do you follow what your heart wants to do? So I, then I used to answer. Uh, I used to say that you should know what your calling is. Mm. Important you to truly know self. what yourself. It's a, it's going inside. Yeah. If you know yourself well enough, the outside world can't. But we have you. not been taught to know ourselves. We've yeah. been taught to look outside. Yeah. Um. So can you share a little bit about the launch event that's going to happen? Yeah. So as it stands, uh, the book is presently available on Amazon as a pre-order, but the physical book on the seventh of August. The physical book also you can order and you can download the Kindle version. But that is not our, I mean, that's when it goes out to the public. But the actual launch event, which is the physical event, which will be covered by media, I hope some authors and critics and whatever, that will be on the 21st of August. Okay. So after 21st, uh, and this is what Harper is planning. They will put it on YouTube. If you would like to see that, and you're curious, but you're not convinced, <laughs> see that. And Amir is going to be the main guest, the chief guest. I, I, I think there will be a 
kind of a host or someone will be asking us questions. I don't know what I'm going to say, but pretty much what I spoke to you. So yeah, look out for that. Amazing. So I think everyone, I feel like after listening to this, I'm sure you're also intrigued about this whole concept. It's a very interesting concept that I don't think a lot of people talk about. So I'm sure that if you all want to read it, I will leave like links to um, buy it or, um, you know, download it. And yeah, thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing your book with us. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, thanks, Ananya. This is, but this is the first uh, social media actual thing I've done. I'm not on social media at all. Wow. But I do believe social media has a role as long as you do it responsibly. Yeah. yeah. So I'm honored to, you know, be mm-hmm. the first right, person right. you're doing it with. Thank okay. you so much. Hey guys. Um, so thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. This episode is currently going up on the 6th of September, which means that you can now order the book on Amazon. You can also watch the live coverage of the event on YouTube. Just Google one um, live event with Amir Khan and Mansoor Khan and you'll find the whole footage. Uh, We pretty much covered exactly what they covered in the live event. But if you guys want to listen to that, you're most welcome. Um, I also thought that I feel like we spoke a lot about the process of writing the book, a lot of like how he started writing the book and maybe the summary of the book is not quite clear so I thought I could just take this last segment to just talk about the summary of the book um, and really promote you guys to read this book because it is amazing. Uh, So let me just read it out to you. So two strangers meet in a park by chance. Sonal, formerly a sociology professor and a fireband activist, is nat- battling memory loss and acute depression. Abhay, a once-celebrated genetic engineer, is a paranoid fugitive hiding from establishment whose scientific paradigm he once challenged. So to the world, they are both insane, but the truth is deeper. So in the podcast, we did talk about these two char- characters being a segment of Mansoor Khan himself, which I think is very, very interesting as a concept. Um, so anyways, uh, Abhay shares his most closely guarded thoughts with Sonal in the form of a book and it is a racial paradigm shifting perspective. Um, so when these two misfits discover that they are kind of kindred souls forced to doubt their own insanity by a deluded culture, so together they kind of plan to take this, their revelation to the world before it's too late. But as always, reality has different plans. So the summary kind of ends here and I think it's a really nice way to end it because I am really curious to know what happens in the book and I'm sure you are too. So please, please, please read this book and let me know what you think about the book. Thank you.